Um, would it be too much to ask that the last verse that was put up here on the screen be put back? Um, <laughs> I never cease to be amazed at how God works in the orchestration of worship to Him. Okay? It happens uh, when the choir practices. It happens when uh, people come together in His name. And he has promised that he will be there among us, right? And this song is my first point. <laughs> this, is, this is the introduction today to the Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. When we hear that song, when we sing that song from our hearts, uh, many times we might be thinking about in this room, Right? I'd like for you to think about it today in your heart. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Okay? That is where the Spirit dwells within us. Right? Flood this place. Fill my atmosphere. What? What people see, the aura that I give, the who I am. Change it. Fill it. Amen. Now we're done. <laughs> you see, God goes before us. He orchestrates things. He goes before us and behind us. Right? The... Uh, as I prepared with... Um, uh, Romans 12 was uh, the Lord just impressed this upon me and so I would like to share that with you but in light of this beginning that we've had together I'd like to just continue that just before Romans 12 it's the end of Romans 11 and it's a beautiful thing that establishes for us uh, that God is providing for us in this world, in, in our spirits. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been His counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. That's the context in which Paul writes the next part. The next part is therefore... Therefore, because God is this all in all, and He is the one who has, everything is within Him, everything has brought by Him, to Him, therefore. So let's keep that in mind as we look at that, that it's anything that we do in life that is of value 
is provided by God. Okay? Therefore, he says, I urge you, brothers. It's an encouragement, right? He's, he's in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. In view of God's mercy. God's mercy is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His mercy is what he shows to us in his never-changing love. He continues to give us that. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices. What kind of sacrifices are living sacrifices? When we read about sacrifices in the Old Testament, what are they? Death, right? The Bible says without the remission of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So how can we be living sacrifices? We can be living sacrifices specifically because Christ's blood was shed for us. So now the blood has been shed, so there is remission of sin. Therefore, we can live our lives under the blood of Christ, having been given forgiveness, having been given the promised Holy Spirit to come live within us. Holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Hmm. He is tying together what we do with our worship of God. See, the, that we are to live as living sacrifices, which is your spiritual worship. He's tying them together. In extrip I can't even say the word. Together. Okay, let's put it that. And so, we can't think that we can go and do what we want six days a week, show up here and do something else. This is, this is our lives. This is all of our lives. This is our every day, every hour, every minute life. And that is our spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is one thing that might bother us? When we see someone who has always been there, what might we say? Oh, they never change. They're always the same. They're doing it again. They've done it before. Now they're doing it again. What do we want? We want people, other people, to change for the better, right? Why wouldn't we want that? Why wouldn't God want that for you? Would it be unfair for him to want that for you and not provide that for you? No. He provides it for you. And how does he do that? That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at how God works in our lives and provides for us that we might grow into the likeness of Christ Jesus. 
everyone is influenced by their environments. As we're influenced by our environment, we tend to live like that environment. If we hang out with this group, we tend to talk like them. And if we hang out with this group, we tend to talk like them. We use words with this group that we don't use with that group. We um, may think intellectually with one group, and we might just be jovial with another. The division here that is put up forward is being conformed to the world or being transformed by God. Those are your choices. Even as believers, those are our choices. That we can continue in this life, even as a believer, to hang out over here in the and be conformed by the world, or we can come ever nearer toward God, ever more into His presence, ever more dependent upon Him, that we might be transformed. These are both things that impact us from the outside. See, being transformed is something that God does in us. It's His power in us for all who believe to be transformed. Then, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Hmm. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say how many books I've bought on finding the will of God. Here it is. Now, I'm not, I'm not professing to stand today. I'm not telling you that I've, I've arrived anything but. I'm not suggesting that, that since God has uh, shown me this, that I've done immediate about face and have uh, been able to, to just turn on a dime. But this is a promise. If you submit yourself to God and His transformation, you will be able, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We remember about Jonah, Jonah remembered, he knew what God's will was. He understood it very well, but he didn't think it was God's good will. He, he somehow saw something negative about it, and he ran away from it. But this says that we'll be able to see the good in God's will, the pleasing part in God's will. It would be pleasing to us. That... For people who continue to be conformed to the world, God's just not that pleasing. The idea of God is anything but pleasing, right? <laughs> They're against 
anything that would place authority over them. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Now, we're not going to go all the way through the end of chapter 15, okay? That would take us way too long. But I'm going to suggest to you that that verse is an introduction to the rest of 12, 13, 14, and most of 15. He's talking about how we are to live for those verses, how we are to live together. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. There's, a, there's an aspect of sober judgment that we, we can't really do by ourselves because we're kind of biased, right? We're biased about who we are inside. Some of us might be biased to say... Uh, I'm all that. And some of us might be biased in the other way to say, I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. That's not what it says here. Use sober judgment. The sober judgment is to see ourselves like God sees us. We have worth as humans, because God gave it to us. He gave people value. He made us in His image and gave us value. So if you're one of those people, like myself, that tend to think that I'm a nobody, God's got better plans. He can, he can make within you and me things and a, a greater person and a glorifying person to him that will not be made by human hands or by our human mind. And... If you're one of those people that think highly of yourself, it'll knock you down a notch or two. Okay. Oh, I feel a little bit like T.D. Jakes. Woo. <laughs> Only it's my nose that's running, not my forehead. Okay. And then he begins in with, uh, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ 
we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. This is about the conformed, the transformed us, the transformed community of believers, as opposed to the conformed world. I took a little bit of time and I made a list of some things that uh, I believe, I understand, would be uh, descriptive of a person conformed to the world. Okay? See if you might agree with some of these and may even find ourselves in a little bit of that. We trust the Lord will bring us out of that. So, um, this list I created was um, uh, people of manipulation, right? People who manipulate others. People who hate evil. I mean, I mean, they love evil. They revile, if you will, because evil's there in the middle of revile, right? They, um, they're selfish. It's every man for himself. Uh, they're haughty and arrogant. Uh, flippant about religion. To be conformed to the world. Flippant about religion and especially about Christ. Uh, have a negative focus. There can be demanding of other people that the other people act their way. Uh, even if they say they don't believe, they still have crisis prayers. Crisis prayers. They, they, they say that, uh, uh, you know, even atheist, as he's... Uh, uh, has a car accident, when he sees that big truck coming smack at him, he's going, oh God, right? <laughs> Crisis prayers. Um, hoarding of wealth. To be living the self-absorbed life. I don't really, well, because I'm just about me. To be vindictive, to be hateful towards enemies, to be jealous, to be unsympathetic, adversarial full of pride, judgmental, and arrogant. Where did I get that list? That list, I believe, is the opposites, the antithesis, if you will, of what Paul tells us that we should be. If you're living a transformed life, if you are being transformed, here's some of the things that should come your way, that God will bring your way. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If, it's a, man, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Work with what God gave you. Do and live your life seeking to use the gifts God gave you. 
Thank goodness we don't all have the same gift. Wouldn't it be difficult if we were fighting each other all the time? I want to use my gift this way. Well, it's not the way he wants to use his gift. But rather, God is spread out among his people. He spread out gifts. So that when we come together under his lordship, that the world will see it. The world will see it. And as Jesus prayed in John 17, that they, that's you, might be one, even as he and the Father were one. Well, my theology says that's just pretty tight. right? Even as we are one, you come to worship together with fellow believers. Know that they are there because of the same God that brought you here. See, we're already being transformed. We gave up Sunday morning, right? We're not being conformed to go and sleep in some more or do whatever, play golf or whatever we wanted to do on Sunday morning. We're already being transformed into actions that honor Him. So the list, starting at verse 9 here, love must be sincere. Okay? I said that was the opposite of manipulation. I sincerely want something. Hate what is evil. The opposite of that, reviling. Cling to what is good. Have, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. I said that was the opposite. The opposite of that was selfishness. Every man for himself. So we can continue on through this and we can read that he says, honor one another above yourselves. It's another action. Don't be haughty. Don't be arrogant. That's the conformed way. You're to live the transformed way. I'm to live the transformed way. And it's a good thing. It's a good way. And it's empowered by the Holy Spirit living within us. Jesus said that it is better that he would go so that the Holy Spirit could come be with us. It's better that the Holy Spirit lives in your life than that Jesus stands right here. That's, that's mind-boggling to me. I can't even really understand that. That's how impactful the Holy Spirit is to be in our lives. So we can go on through this and we can read, uh, uh, be never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Spiritual zeal. The world is flipping about religion. The world is flipping about Jesus. No, keep it up. Keep up your spiritual zeal for Christ and all that he's done for you. 
be joyful in hope, patience, and affliction, faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer versus crisis praying. Share with God's people who are in need versus the accumulation of wealth. It's not just wealth, but it's also to share of ourselves, to share of the what God's put in our hearts, the care, the love that he gives us. We can then share with other people. It's every bit as important as a financial gift that we might give or not give. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Practice hospitality versus living in your own little world, being in your own little place. I called it the self-absorbed life, right? That is conformity to the world. It's not being transformed by the Holy Spirit. But instead, practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. That's a, the opposite of that was the vindictiveness. Being, I got to get even, right? Being, want, wishing the worst for other people who have harmed us. And on and on these things go. To live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. You know, all these ways that our scripture tells us are ways in which God works out through your life into the lives of others the way that God brings the fact that he is at work in our lives and makes it known to other people. Um, there's a pastor that says it's our job to make God look good, right? And that is because we allow him to influence our lives to transform us into being his children. For all who believe, all who call on his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. I like being God's child. Many times I forget that. I forget it way too much. But He is at work within us to will and to do his good pleasure. I, uh, so we can go all the way through the rest of these chapters and we can see that even the, you know, how all of the things that, that he's speaking to us in the remainder of, of these chapters would fall 
into the realm of thinking the right about yourself. Not more highly, not more lowly, but thinking and seeing yourself as God sees you, being filled by the Holy Spirit. It includes a random reading, uh, submitting to government authorities. It includes let no debt remain outstanding. It, it includes accepting him whose faith is weak without pu passing judgment on disputable matters. Okay? Not just about everything, but on disputable matters. And then at the in verse 13 of chapter 15, he puts a conclusion on this, my, as I understand it, when he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. Trusting in Him to have saved you by His blood, to have paid the price for you eternally. Trusting in Him that He put you in the right time and space for you to be here today, to you to be somewhere else tomorrow. This is God at work in our lives. It's not chance, as some would have us believe. God's at work always in us when we yield to him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that, you know, the words so that in the Bible need to be paid attention to for all of us. For God so loved the world, right? It's so that he gave his only begotten son. It doesn't say that, but it's, in, it's inferred. But so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. You can have joy and peace and trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's what God wants for us. That we might overflow with hope. What hope? The hope of eternal life. The hope of being with God, not just forever, but today, right now. It influences our life. And it is a way in which the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So He not only provides for us, but He uses the tools that then in, in our environment comes back to us. So God is all in all. And that's where we started, right? With chapter 11. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God... How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Uh, again, I was 
It's no small matter that God, by His divine Holy Spirit, impressed that the Scripture read this morning would be about the same thing. Psalm 103. As it was read this morning, I couldn't help but think how much God is at work to prepare His Word in our hearts, to prepare us, to prepare you. Wow. That's goosebump stuff. Yes, me. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all of my inmost being. Praise his name. In our inmost being, that's a place that can never be destroyed. Scripture says it can't be taken from us. Where moth and rust destroy, cannot ever take away our faith. Our heads could be cut off at the gallows, right? I mean, at the, not the gallows. Gallows where you hang. Guillotine. Here we go, another G word. At the guillotine. But it can't take away Christ from our hearts. The love of God. What he has built in you and me. Can't, can't take it away. I find great comfort in that. And therefore, I can praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit. He crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. He works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses. God keeps working on our behalf. Why wouldn't we be joyful? Why wouldn't we be filled with praise? We are, and we must continue to be. Because that honors God, the author and finisher of our faith. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving to us your Holy Spirit for all who believe on his name that Christ has died for us that when we trust that he shed his blood for us,
that we might be indeed filled with the Holy Spirit so that in this life we might bring praise and honor to you not only while we stand here in this church but forever in all our dealings with others and even the dealings with ourselves. Lord, I pray that we would all have give you the free reign in our lives that you deserve so that indeed we may be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I pray this in the name of our Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen.